0: Welcome to PlanetMullins.com, And welcome everybody to another episode of the Planet Mullins podcast. We're in season six and I have just an incredible young talented musical genius I'd have to say with me today. And do I, is it Persad or Persaud? You got it the first time, bro. A lot of people don't get it the first time, but you got it, bro. Oh, uh, it's Ricky Prasad Jr. Yes. Yeah, man. I mean, I started reading, um, I started reading all the stuff in your bio and I was like, how the heck did he do all this at such a young age? Because you got a four-year scholarship to Berkeley. That's worth for those of you that don't know how much that costs, that's last I knew that was about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars free. They just gave it to him. You just finished playing at the cutting room in nyc which is like the place like people wait for decades to get in the cutting room so we got to talk about that and you've got a new album out uh selena which is amazing and uh you've got a another guy i know that i hung out with in december masa takuma is part of that
1: yes yes he is and just a quick correction it's a single Uh, oh it's it's a single okay
0: yeah i yeah okay cool it's a single well you know masa I ran into him at this uh, Grammy thing at the Biltmore Hotel, and uh, Seku Andrews was kind of emceeing, and it was Matt being Eddie Kenzo's party for Gimme Love, like the single that's already been. We counted up the stolen Chinese downloads, and it was like 30 million, <laughs> right? Just in China, and they found out by accident. But I met Masa at that Grammy thing, That's a good starting point. How did you guys, because he's winning all kinds of awards, too. How did you guys hook up? We met years ago
1: at this indie collaborative event in L.A. Oh. And we just kept this relationship going for years and years. And then he called me to play guitar for for his own at the party, after the Grammys, after he won his Grammy. Okay. And... After from that exchange, he realized I was a really good musician on top of being a really cool person. And that's when that collaboration and the talk started boiling over. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, a lot of times those two things don't really go together in the music industry, being a cool person and being a great musician. And I remember when I was young and first starting to get famous, the joke around L.A. was, Man, if you don't know how good Rob Mullins is, just ask him and he'll tell you how good he is. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get right into the song um, that you released and um, tell us about Selena, because there are, uh, you know, a couple of famous Selenas out there. The one that most of the people know more recently is Selena Gomez. Um, But tell us about this particular Selena Uh, Quintanilla Perez. Well, fun fact, Selena Gomez was actually
1: named after this person, the the Selena that I'm talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. um, I've got to know about Selena through a Spanish teacher because there was one point in my life where I was learning Spanish. And she Uh said, I think you really enjoy this artist. And then it's from that interaction is where I discovered Tejano music and Selena and her story. And I was just taken aback just... Just how amazing her music and how tragic her life had ended, unfortunately. And what what happened to her at the end? She died young, right? Yeah. It, what had happened was um, she basically had a stalker that basically stalked her and all, all that kind of stuff, and, and she ended up shooting Selena fatally. And uh, it was just it was just a terrible, you know, thing that happened in music history.
0: Well, had she recorded? Uh a lot of music before them. She was quite famous, right? Yeah. Um, she would have been even more famous
1: if she kept going because at the time she was just within the, the Latina X community, but, but she she was trying to make a cross over to the American audience, but
0: she never really got that chance, but oh, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I remember when uh, many years ago, there was a TV show that came on after this one show I watched and it was called Maria Mercedes. And it was this uh, this young Hispanic actress who was just kind of getting going and she got into her singing and then she married um, the head of either it was Arista or Sony, Tommy Matola, And I'm trying to remember uh, this gal's name, but it's a hard thing to make that break out of the Spanish market into the worldwide thing. And since you're as a global artist, um, it says here on the on the sheet that the song came to you in a dream. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it
1: was. Um, I dreamed of her often during that period when I was making the song. And it's, it's crazy. It kind of makes me a little bit of emotional because I, I don't know if that was her trying to reach out to me in some way or form. But I heard the song in a dream. And what happened was I made a home demo then I was basically shopping it around to various different people to say, hey, do you think you can produce this for me? And mm-hmm. that's when I came across Massa, And he was like, yeah, this is really cool, man. I want to fully flesh this out even more. And that's how that came about. Oh, okay. So Masa is a, a producer as well. Yeah. Oh, he's an amazing producer. Amazing. Not only he, he's just multi-talented all around.
0: And uh, how many instruments do you play? Did you ever count it up? Because it seems like you played damn near everything oh man so i play the electric guitar the
1: bass keyboards harmonica ukulele i sing did i say I play the drums I, yeah i also play the drums or percussions and um i've been trying to learn the sax recently but well not recently more like a couple of years
0: ago but yeah all those things combined you know i i started out as a drummer and uh <clears throat> my my uh cliff Notes story is I was a drummer that got hit by a car and my mom was a piano player in the Baptist church. And in high school, I didn't walk for two years. So I just learned the piano at home because she was playing all these church tunes. And, you know, we were in Oklahoma where you got to play everything really straight. And she was putting all this count Basie and Dave Brubeck into the church music and they call her into the back room for a scolding after church. <laughs> I guess she was, she was getting too soulful for all the people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, apparently. But on your own albums, do you like overdub and multi-track yourself a lot? Because I do that. Yeah,
1: and Massa definitely directed me to do those things to make sure that we're getting the best
0: product as we a- absolutely can. That's cool. So um, did you record the stuff with him in America or did you go to Japan or how did it work?
1: We did things remotely. So like Albert recorded in my studio that, that I have built here and um, he would basically gave me like tips and he would even like call me and say, hey, you, you might want to want to do this at this particular point of the song. And it was kind of like that kind of interaction. Oh,
0: OK. So uh, you put the single out and then on August 6th, you got to play The Coolest Room and all of New York city next to the blue note for us jazz guys. Right. And, uh, that's a place called the cutting room. And if you folks, if you've never heard of the cutting room, it's like, you gotta be way up at the top to even get a shot at, at playing at that place. That must've been incredible, man. Oh man. It's, I
1: remember like my first time being there, I was supporting another artist. And I was just so taken aback by just the atmosphere and, and the, the amazing people who worked there. It was, just, it was just a dream come true. So when I got the chance to perform at my own show, it was just so cool, man. Like, everyone is so cool. And I can't tell you that's so hard to come by in New York City, you know, New York City these days for some reason. I don't know why, but
0: the cutter Room people, they got it. Well, you know, they always used to say, because uh, I've spent... A lot of time in New York and L.A., and they always used to say that you know, in in New York, you find out right away if somebody likes you or not. Like there's no, there's no sugarcoating it or whatever. But a New Yorker will be extremely rude to you in the beginning, and then they could end up being your best friend that'll go all the way to the ends of the earth for you, while calling you a jerk. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's true because you're laughing. And in L.A., it's the opposite thing because everybody walks around all the time. Oh, man, you sound great. Wow, man, that that was great. Oh, yeah, what about that guitar part? Oh, man, that sounded great. And then you get out of the room and they're like, man, that guy should sell his guitar. (laughs) Oh, no, here he comes back. Here he comes. Oh, yeah, it was phenomenal, bro. (laughs) So good. And you're laughing again because you know how true that is. (laughs) Right? So the other
1: Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say a lot of people at Berkeley are kind of like that in a way, like those LA people. So I know what that's like.
0: Yeah. I mean, what was it like? Did you do what says Magna Cum Laude or Electric Guitar Cone Salsa or something? Now, did you finish a program there and graduate with a degree and all that?
1: Yeah. Summa Cum Laude is like the highest you can um, achieve grade wise. Okay. considering that I was on a full ride scholarship, I couldn't like slacken grades at all. So I made sure that I was getting the highest grades I, I can possibly get. And like, work. I worked.
0: last year, early last year. Okay, so I've written a ton of recommendation letters for my students that have wanted to go to Berkeley, right? Mm-hmm. And I even played a concert, a private concert for Lee Burke, who's the Burke in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I played a concert for him in New Mexico a few years ago, and he was like 150 years old then. I think he's probably dead by now. But Berkeley has a lot of things associated with his reputation. And one of the challenges that many students that have gone, they finish my program, they get into Berkeley, they come back to L.A., and then they would look at me and say, okay, I got the degree, I spent all this money, now what do I do? And for you, you seem to have solved that problem. How would you advise a person just getting out of Berkeley now about how to create an opportunity? Because you've obviously capitalized on all of that. Well, when I was studying at Berkeley, I made sure that
1: one of my main concentrations was in music business. Because when you look into business, that's what can take you to the next level once you leave college. That's the biggest problem. I don't know why a lot of music kids, they don't take business. They just focus on the performing and the songwriting, but that's like half of the pie. Ah. And it's because of that business training, training, excuse me. It was because of that business training that I was able to really, you know, go to the next level when I leave college. So if I were to give advice to someone who didn't take business and trying to make a name for themselves, they need to get into a lot of different independent groups. Because it's, it's within these groups for you're able to make connections. And it's these connections that can really propel
0: you to the next level. Man, exactly. Because the the thing that a lot of uh students came back with as well, after they'd be back in LA and they kind of come back like, oh, Mr. Mullins, you know, I'm so depressed because we're in all this debt and now I don't have a job and this and that. I'd say, well, what was the positive thing? And they would say, well, I met a lot of people. And dude, that Berkeley alumni network is worth every penny that a student would spend because Berkeley has been around forever. And it's almost like, you know, me being a voting member at the Grammys, like, you don't even realize how many people you're associated with and how many people are in that network until you're in it. Mm. And the Berkeley network is that way, too, because it goes all the way back into the 70s. And it would be Berkeley grad, Berkeley alumni. Those two words, Berkeley alumni can, for a motivated, business-savvy person like you, they can open a lot of doors, mm. you know? So are you going to tour uh, sometime soon? When are you going to come to L.A. and play somewhere where I can come meet you? Um, I still have some
1: things up in the air, but I'm definitely coming to L.A. to do some shows sometime soon, and uh, what I can say is that... um. Well, actually, I shouldn't say anything about that soon, but I have a collaboration with Copus for which Lonnie Park is actually mixing that album that's wow. coming up soon. So um I'm playing
0: guitar on a couple of tunes on that album. So that's something you can look forward to. Well, you know, for those of you that have seen the Lonnie Park episode on my uh show, he is an amazing producer and engineer, and he actually recently completed the ricky cage and Stuart copeland police without borders album which is new versions of all the police's stuff from a global perspective mm. and lonnie was the nicest most down-to-earth new jersey cat man when he came on the show i was like i almost want to tap the screen and say bro are you still breathing because he was just he was so chill and i, and I said how do you stay so calm. You know, you get all these high strung New Yorkers come in and they love themselves and they got an entourage and this and that. And he says, I just stay low key and calm and focus on getting the work done. Mm. So man, well, I appreciate your advice for the young students. It's great to have you on the show. I'm hoping we can, uh, maybe even play together a little bit remotely or some other way. And, uh, in the future i mean i i love the music it sounds great and you're just at the beginning of your career right now man yeah and uh you know most recently i've been adding dance
1: lessons acting lessons and you know vocal lessons just to add to my overall artistry to be even more you know crazy in the in the music scene so i'm working at
0: it man and yeah i'm going straight to the top that's awesome well don't forget that uh you know, a lot of the younger artists, no one gave them sleeping and relaxation lessons. Mm. and You have to have a certain amount of that in there, especially if you're pushing really, really hard. Because that thing about you having a dream and the song coming to you, those are the moments really to focus on. Because when that divine inspiration or that other planetary uh, thing comes in, you know, the... um The way Matt B. described it, he said, it's like there's an ether out there and you're just pulling things out of this giant soup of inspirational ideas. Whenever that happens, that's going to carry you just as far as a dance class or, you know, learning 10 languages or whatever, because I actually I studied drums, but I didn't really study piano but I got into all these other things, especially that cosmic connection to the source where all the music comes from the outside source. And, uh, I managed to do 43 albums as a piano player. I guess I'm fooling everybody without taking piano lessons. (laughs) God bless you, man. God bless you. (laughs) So, um, okay. Anything you want to say as we wrap up, what's your uh, website and your social media stuff? My personal website is just
1: Ricky Prasad Jr. He's R I C K Y P E R S A U D J R. You can follow me on my social medias with the same name, Ricky Prasad Jr. Okay. And um, yeah, I got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline, a lot of cool collaborations that I can't talk about right now, okay. but it will reveal themselves on the social media. So look forward to that.
0: <laughs> I will, man. Well, thanks again for coming on and uh, folks, watch out for this guy in the future because he's got all the tools in the toolbox. He's obviously, uh, you know, a very level, level level-headed and talented young man. I wish you all the best with the future and everything else you're doing, man. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the planet Mullins podcast. And as always, you can find the show on YouTube. It comes out a couple of days later on Spotify and um, Amazon and Apple and all that. All right. Thanks again, Ricky. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man.